0: <laughs> That's what I'm laughing at. Crazy Talk. That's the title of today's sermon. Um, maybe we should just stop there, because this is, this is my specialty, Crazy Talk. Anyone ever seen the Karate Kid? I don't mean the recent one that just came out. I mean the real one from, gosh, three or, three or five years ago, was that? It was a guy, Mr. Miyagi. Remember Mr. Miyagi? And he, uh, he came across this guy, Daniel-san. And Daniel was getting uh, whooped by the kids of the, the Dragon Dojo. And he got, he got, remember at the beach? They were playing soccer at the beach. And um, there was this, this girl that, that he, he, he kind of was smitten by. There's some good 50s talk. And turns out that the guy from the Dragon Dojo liked the girl. And he came over with his motorcycle friends and whooped Daniel. Well, Daniel eventually met Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi was going to teach him how to protect himself. And he went to Mr. Miyagi's house, and, and Daniel started learning by, uh, let's see, he, he waxed the cars, right? It was wax on, wax off. And then he painted the fence, remember? It was, it was the up and the down, and, and he did the boards on the, uh, the, that was a nice deck he had, wasn't it? He did the boards <laughs> on the deck, and, and the repetitive, um, wax on, wax off. He didn't know what he was doing, but he did it. Why am I talking about the Karate Kid? Why well, I've absolutely lost my mind. It's been a long week. You were asking Megan. It was a long week. It's a long week. So we're going to do uh, 80s, Bible tri- or 80s Bible Trivia, 80s movies trivia. Ghostbusters. You ever see Ghostbusters? I'm not really going to do movie trivia. I'm going to talk about John chapter 9 as it relates to the Karate Kid. How about? More specifically, as it relates to our life. I want to talk about how, just like Daniel was here and wax on, wax off, and couldn't understand how the heck wax on, wax off was going to help him, sometimes God has crazy plans and calls us to some crazy things that might not make sense, and our choice is to wax on and wax off, or to say, you don't know what you're talking about, I'll figure out how to do it myself. Today we're going to be in John chapter 9 again, last week we made three verses, we'll see if we can do that, oh, see we can do better, how about and we're going to be looking at what happened after we met the man. You remember last week we met the blind guy. And we talked about letting history simmer. Talked about the importance of the tension of the moment. Understanding that it didn't just happen there. It was a period of time. And over that period of time, the why questions that must have been there from the parents to the kid. And how it shouldn't be so much about the why, but the what. Not why would God allow it, but what is God up to through it. Today we're going to talk about crazy talk. John chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he's like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him to the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such, things, such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, He's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we don't know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age, he'll speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said he is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether whether he is a sinner I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already and you wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we don't know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You don't know where he comes from. And yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin and would teach us, and they cast him out. <clears throat> Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him, Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world. That those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, "Are we also blind?" Jesus said to them, "If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you see, but now that you say we see, your guilt remains." I have on the first part here crazy plans. Let me ask you a couple questions. I need need your advice on this, right? Assume you're a military commander. You're going to take a large city with not a lot of troops. Big fortress-like city. How do you do it? Don't ruin this, Renee. Don't go that way yet. (laughs) Maybe you send some spies in and they can light the place on fire. We're going medieval times, before medieval times. They can light the place on fire and and drive everybody out so you can access the city, right? You can mess with the water supply. Try to poison the water supply. The city's not going to last very long. You can make an alliance with another country. How about uh, pick up your trumpets, march around the city. The walls will fall down. That's crazy talk, isn't it? Say you're going into battle against 135,000 people, trained fighting men. Bloodied men, men who have done this before. How many people would you take with you? How many would you need to be successful? How about 300? Crazy talk? How about 300 to drank water like dogs? God's crazy. What about if you were going to flee from slavery to the world superpower? Where would you flee to? Would you run up to the seashore as they pursued you and say, oh no? God's crazy, isn't he? Let's get contemporary. If you wanted to mature in your faith, how would you do it? You got ideas? How do they relate to God's ideas? Let's get Americanized here. If you want to manage your money well, how do you do it? You think God's got crazy plans about taking down cities, check out his financial advice. This is no Susie Orman show. What about God's plan of spreading the good news of Christ around the world? Now, if you, were, if I were going to do it, this is, this is. I, I give these options. God could broadcast it audibly throughout the world at once. I am the Lord. Woo, you are. Angelic messengers work too. You know, oh, like the Christmas show, yeah. And they just come to every little, every little county in Pennsylvania. We are angels of the Lord. That would work, no? He, he could do skywriting on a clear day. But he's got this crazy plan of taking weak, skittish little people like us and tells us to go bring it to people. God's crazy, isn't he? Let's talk about crazy today. God's not crazy. Jesus walks up to this man sitting in the mud for thousands of days. See, he's not sitting in the mud. It's dirt until you spit on it. And he says to him, Well, actually, don't look in your Bible a minute. What happens? Walks up, spits in the dirt, makes mud... On the face, what does he say without looking? Why? Does he tell him why? Doesn't, it says, go wash so that you may see, right? This crazy talk. If you're sitting on the ground, blind from birth, and some guy, who he knew was Jesus, realize that, a teacher comes by, spits in the dirt and rubs it in your face, and says, go and wash in Siloam, we'll talk about that in a second, what would you say? You realize it said later on in this chapter, no one had ever received their sight like this in history. It's crazy talk, isn't it? I just spat in your face with dirt. Now go. Okay, thank you, Jesus. We think this plays out, in some respects, like a, a child play. You know, like if kids put on a play in a, in a church... Well, we already know what's going to happen. Of course, the guy's going to go because he probably read the script, right? This isn't a real person. This is a an actor in the Bible. No, this is a real person who got his face spit on with mud. And Jesus says, go. So, in our lives, it's a good thing, I, I, I was thinking this week, that things like this never happen to us. It's a good thing that God doesn't have crazy plans for us because... We, we know what we want to do, and, and we know how to do it, and God usually accedes to how we want to do things, right? If you have kids, you want the best for your kids, right? If not, don't say no, because it's going to look really bad. Assume that you want the best for your kids. Do you want to do it your way, or do you want to do it God's way? Because i got news for you. God's way seems a little crazy at times, compared to my ways at least. Y- you got a job. You want to do well in your job. You even want to glorify God in your job. Do you want to do it your way or God's way? You want to be successful. Whatever it is that you're doing, you want to be successful in it. Do you want to be successful in God's sight or man's sight? Now, these don't always match, do they? We we have plans for our lives. God has a plan for our lives. Before we come to faith, they go like this. Here's what God would like for us, that all should have everlasting life in His presence, and apart from Him, here's where we're going. It ain't everlasting life in His presence, it's everlasting life in hell. And as we come to faith, this is how our plans, well, technically they go like this. But our goal is not to get God to accede to our plans, it's for us to know His plans and do them, not when we understand how they play out. And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country to the land that I will show you. He says, I'll make you a great nation, and you will be a blessing. But one thing he didn't tell Abram, where you're going, how we're we going to do it. He said to uh, that same guy, poor Abram, you think he was, he was beaten down? No, he was built up. He said, here's a son. You're, years, you're about 100 years old. Here's a son. Now my mind's tired. Was he 100 or was his wife? They're old. Son sun shouldn't have come. It says, you will have many offspring through the sun. Now go kill them. Woo, God, this, that's crazy talk. Is it? God, God. well, let's look at it this way. If you went into a mental asylum and you're sane, you have hundreds of patients who are insane. Do you know that those patients don't look at you and say, there's a sane person? They look at you and think you're crazy. You know that, right? <laughs> They don't all of a sudden say, Wow, that's a really sane person. Let's be that. If you come into God's presence and live in this world as a fallen, sinful person, sometimes sane looks crazy and crazy looks sane. You understand what I'm saying here? Y'all crazy. God's plans look crazy because we're not God. So when God has plans for our lives, we need to decide what we're going to do. Are we going to wait for Him to explain them? Are we going to wait till they meet what we're looking for in life? Or are we going to obey him and understand what he's up to? Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. I don't know if my Bible, this Bible has one in the back. But you know those cool maps in the back of your Bible? Do you know why they're there? It adds $5 to the cost of your Bible. That's why they're there. Mine has this one here. Anybody have something that looks like this? It's a picture of uh, Jerusalem in the time of Jesus. If you look at this, here's a temple. This is where the man was begging almost certainly. Here's a pool of Siloam, as far away as you can get from the temple. There are pools up in the temple area. Why would Jesus tell a blind guy covered in mud to walk down here when he could go about 100 yards and get in a pool? Why would Jesus tell him to walk all that way when they could bring water to him? Wouldn't that be nicer? Why would Jesus just not let him wipe the stuff off? Why did Jesus even put mud on his face? John 4, the official son was sick, remember? And he traveled to find Jesus. And Jesus said, go home, your son's fine. He didn't have to touch the kid, remember that? kid was fine. Water to wine. He didn't take spices and herbs and dump them in the water and shake it and wave a wand. It's wine. There's no physical contact on these miracles. All of a sudden, he's rubbing dirt in a guy's face. Sends him for a haul through the city. Why? Let's say that you're sitting there and you're the guy. Go to Siloam. What do you say? Let's, Let's be honest. Come on now. You be angry? Someone just put mud in your face? Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah? I'd probably say, bring, give me a towel. Right, enough of this. I'm not going. to Get out of here. If you're, if you're Jesus, if you're, if you're who you say you are, he doesn't know this yet. Just go ahead and let me see. You're so strong and tough. Go ahead and make me see. You do it. See, in our lives, we don't do this. Jesus doesn't say, go. it will say, well, Jesus, if I do that, I'm going to look crazy. I can't do that. Doesn't happen, right? Jesus, it's not going to work. Jesus, do you know what you're talking That doesn't happen in our lives, does it? We're talking crazy now, aren't we? Yes. Yeah we're called in response to crazy plans to crazy obedience. So Jesus put spit mud on the guy's face, told him to go to Salome. I love this part here. So what did the guy do? Boom. That's crazy. Like you said, Renee, right? He just went. What do you think he's thinking on the way? He didn't complain. He didn't make an excuse, he just went. He's thinking, I know how this ends, I'm going to see... Coming. No. This is a guy who's been blind from birth. He, he was a sinful person because he was a person. These are not play actors here. He's got to have some doubts. What the heck am I... Who's, who's laughing at me? Who's me? I'm blind and now I'm going to be mocked? It wasn't bad enough that God had me sit by the temple. Now this, this rabbi's coming and telling me to walk with mud in my face to Salome? But I'm going to go." And he goes. And he gets there. And on the way, he's probably not expecting to see, because you realize no one's ever had their sight restored from birth. It would be something like if you if you were in a boat and Jesus came and said, walk to me. Well, nobody walks on water, do they? Not unless Jesus tells them to, a la Peter. Could he have known that he was the, the teacher that everybody was talking about? Well, he, my sense is he knew something about him. Because they said, who restored your sight? He says, Jesus. He doesn't say, I don't know some guy. He knows, he knows the name. Jesus frequented the temple area, so he knows he's a teacher. I'm sure he's, he's either heard him or heard people talking about him. By this time, Jesus had uh, worked up quite a frenzy in town. He had some followers, some nominal followers, and some people that wanted to follow him to kill him. So he was familiar with the name. But you'll see, as I finish this up today, Jesus says to him, um, verse 35, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man says to Jesus, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He doesn't know he's a Son of Man yet. He just knows he's a teacher. He thinks he's a prophet. I'll explain next week, or when we do that section, I'll explain why he calls him a prophet. But he does not know that he's dealing with the Messiah yet. But he goes. He didn't complain. He went. And I'm sure he wondered and wrestled with doubt. But he went. And in our lives, we got a lot of choices to make. Most important choices. Who do you say Jesus is? It's the most important choice you ever make in your life. Now I know there's some theological debate about, you know, who makes a choice. Here's how it goes. Jesus put mud on the guy's eyes. You want my speculation for why he did mud? And told him to go wash? You want to give the guy a choice. Do you want to see or do you not want to see? I could make you see. But I'm going to ask if you want to see. Could you imagine if you were blind that you would actually say no? I don't want to see. Seriously, imagine years of blindness. Someone, just, God says, "Do you want to see?" Nah, I like this blindness. That's crazy talk, right? Could you? I actually uh, have a couple relatives who are blind. I don't know if you know this, and they've been blind. From, both of them from actually, there's well, these two in particular have been blind from birth. And the strange thing is, God's offered to restore their sight. I know this for a fact. And they have adamantly rejected it for years and years and years. Now, I didn't say they're physically blind. They're spiritually blind. Would you rather have physical or spiritual sight? The world is full of blind people running around saying, Oh, I see just fine. Boink. Oh, I don't have a problem with blindness. Boink. No, I don't need God. The mental institute is filled with patients who say, I'm Superman, I can fly. And they keep them locked up so they don't hurt themselves. Well, unfortunately, we don't keep people locked up out there. Because God doesn't make people see. I wonder, why doesn't God just open my parents' eyes so they know? Why doesn't he just make them believe? And in God, do you want to see, he says. There I stand at the door and knock. Revelation 3:22. I am busting it down and coming to take you to the kingdom. Now, that's my plan. God should bust the door down and drag you home screaming. Do you want to see? We all say yes when we believe in Jesus. But then the choices keep coming. Do you want me to bless you? Well, yes or no. Here here's here's what I say to do. You obey me, you will be blessed. You disobey me, you will not. What do you want to do? Do you want to mature in your faith? A simple yes or no question. How do you do it? Well, God makes it really clear. But we got to choose yes or no. Do you want the blessings that come with it, or do you think it's so crazy it's going to go bad? Do you want your kids to be successful? Do, do you want to raise your kids God's way? Or your way? Do you want to be successful God's way or your way? Do you want to see people come to faith? your way or God's way. The world has plans. And some of you, you ever wonder why the world's plans seem so good to us? And we pursue them so vigorously? The lifestyle, the reputation, the recognition, the fame, the fortune. It's not bad in and of itself. But why do we pursue that our ways as opposed to let God guide us to what He wants? Here's the thing. God wants to give us crazy blessings. So today, you've got a crazy pastor talking about crazy plans and crazy obedience. Well, here comes the crazy blessings. He wants to give us crazy blessings, but we have to obey. Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. He went. Go and tell people how much I love them. So they told or so they said, whoa, that's kind of going to go bad. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, I could do the mind, kind of, and... And the soul, but the strength. God's an all or nothing type of God. And here, here's something that, that struck me this week. If God said, go to Siloam and wash, and the man washed, and he didn't come back seeing, is God not good? Why did Jesus say last week, why did he say that the man was born blind? So that the works of God might be displayed in him. Allah to bring glory to God. In this case, the man receiving sight brought glory to God. If this man lived every day of his life in blindness, he would live that way if he walks in obedience to God. Do you know why? Because it brings glory to God. Here's a problem we have with plans. Whose glory are you after? God's or yours? This is what's so radically difficult about being a Christian. It is not about you. Somebody offends you, I'm sorry. You know how Jesus says forgive them? It ain't about you. It's about He. You didn't get what you want. I'm sorry, but it ain't about you. It's about God and Him receiving the glory. When, you, when we try to do stuff, we like to be recognized for it and appreciated. And that's not wrong. God's put that emotion in us. And we need to encourage one another and build each other up. The Bible says to, But we need to realize our life is not about our works bringing glory to us, but His works bringing glory to Him. That's a complicated little thing. You see, are you comfortable going out and faithfully serving God day after day in whatever location He has you and not being discouraged or giving up because you're not receiving recognition for it from man? Because if you seek, to, for the, if you seek the approval of man, the Bible says you're not a servant of Christ. Our job is to seek God's glory, and as we seek His glory, He actually will glorify us. He will, he will bless us beyond measure, but the focus isn't on what I want, It's on what he wants for me. So, go to Siloam and wash. God wanted this man to receive sight. He received sight. Boom. Maybe God put mud in my face. Go to Siloam. My job isn't to say, am I going to see? Because if I'll see, I'll go. My job is simply to go. When when we know God's plans, Abram, go from your country. Well, God, what's going to happen? Don't worry about what's going to happen. Trust me. Go from your country. But I want to know what's going to happen. I'm leaving stuff. Go from your country. But God, I need to have... No, you don't. Trust me. When I say to my kids, hop in the car, we're going for a ride. They're young enough, they don't start going, where are we going? When are we coming back? How long are we going to be there? What are we going to do over there? Okay, dad said, get in the car, let's go. Now, I imagine by the time they hit the teen years, they're going to be a little protesting. I got stuff, I got to call my friend. I got to do something on the computer. I'm going out tonight. I want to go see a movie. No, I-, I-, I said, get in the car. And then as parents, we get into the negotiation practice. Well, listen, we have bad moments in my house. Now, this wouldn't really happen. But I might hypothetically say, look, just get in the card. I'll give you Oreos, okay? <laughs> hypothetically. Well, I think sometimes we want that from God. Look, I'll go if you'll do what I want you to. I'll walk to Siloam with mud in my face, praising you if you guarantee I'm going to see. Well, God says, look, you remember uh, Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for mud in your face. In mediocrity, plans for irrelevance, because I want all the glory. Is that what it says? You there, Renee? You, I'm not the I'm the hope. Yes. Trust Him on it. Go to Siloam. Why? Because I love you and I'm going to bless you if you go. But God, how are you going to bless me? Trust me. That, isn't that a hard word, trust? That's a crazy word, isn't it? Trust me. Joshua, you're going to take Jericho. How am I going to take Jericho? Well, you're going to march around the city. you want to blow some horns, you're going to yell, and the walls are going to come down. Do you know what Joshua said? Okay, he went. Moses, you see that big scary ocean? The big scary people coming behind you with the horses and the chariots? Just go ahead and pick up your staff. Well, what's going to happen when I pick up my staff? No, pick up your staff. Oh, there's this crazy story about this guy who claimed to be the Messiah? They nailed him up on a cross. Can't you save yourself? You who save other people. Oh, destroy the temple in three days, rebuild. you can't even take care of yourself. Oh, he could. It's crazy talk. What about you? You ever wonder what this guy was thinking when he came back from Siloam? Blind from birth. How's that go down? What's it like to see the first day? His sight was restored. He could see. All this stuff for the first time. Stinking mud on my face. Look at this mud. This is disgusting. I'm going to find that guy. I'm going to put a hurting on him, spitting in my face. Right? That's how he went back. Probably stole all my money I've been begging for all day. And now, it's kind of how his parents respond. We'll see them next time. How do you think he went back? I guarantee drool was rolling out of his mouth. And and, you know the zone athletes are in in the middle of a, a professional athlete in a baseball stadium. They don't hear voices. Especially when a pitch is coming to a baseball player. It gets eerily quiet. All you hear is a hissing of a ball for a moment, for a fraction of a second. And every other sound is shut out because you're so focused. I guarantee this man, as he walked back to the temple, didn't hear a thing. It was eerily quiet. Because he was so focused on what just happened to him because he went. Could you imagine getting to know what that felt like? Well, you can. You want to know how? When God calls you to do something, do it. Because at some point when he calls you to go, you will come back and receive an amazing blessing. Maybe not in your time, but in his perfect time. And when you receive that blessing and you see the why behind what he was calling you to I guarantee it might not get eerily quiet in your ears but your focus your focus will get so tight on Jesus that the next time he calls you to something you're going to realize what crazy is crazy in my definition is doing anything other than what God calls you to and we live in a world of crazy people and we're kinda crazy too and we want to be like the crazy people because we don't want to look different because then crazy calls saying crazy and it gets real messy and confusing Crazy is doing anything other than what God calls you to. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Mr. Miyagi. Wax on, wax off, paint up, paint down, do the floorboards. Daniel says, when am I going to get to hit somebody? Oh, Daniel-san, it's not about hit people. It's about control. Perseverance and control. Did you know The Karate Kid was a Christian movie? I don't know If we are faithful to stick with God, to obey Him, and to persevere through, not keep complaining. What are you up to? What are you going to do? Do you know what you're talking about? If we don't grow weary of doing good, in due season we will reap. The end of The Karate Kid. Daniel comes onto the mat, and he's hurt. Somebody from the Dragon Dojo, like, swept his leg. Why do I remember this movie so well? Someone from the Dragon Dojo swept his leg, got disqualified, and he moved on to the final to fight the same kid that whacked him in the nose on the beach. You guys remember what happened at the end? Oh, Remember that crane kick? Oh, remember Mr. Miyagi was on the beach in the distance, standing on the, the, the pillar, or the, the post thingamajig. Well, Daniel's there. He's, he's going to lose. He's getting whooped a little bit, and all of a sudden, the music comes out. Wouldn't it be great in life if we had music to tell us what's going to happen next? Oh, 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 yeah. So Daniel, all of a sudden, he goes up on one leg, and he puts his arms out, right? He's, he's all busted up. He can't hardly stand. And, and then life goes slow motion, which would be helpful again, because like, when things go real slow, we know God's trying to be deliberate. So the guy, and then he, he does this crane kick, whacks the guy right in the face, and, and he, he wins, well, when we obey God, we win every time. Now, I think it looked a little crazy when he went into the crane kick. If I remember correctly in the movie, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, people were laughing at him when he got into the crane kick pose. Well, in our lives, our, our pose should always be in prayer and supplication before the Lord. And we cry out, God, for your glory, please reveal to me your will. Tell me your plan for today. And whatever you tell me, I'm gonna go and remember this for you to go takes a miracle on your own you will never obey God on your own you will only depend on yourself and seek your own glory but just like this man had a miracle in his sight being restored we had a miracle too last thing on the sermon what was the greatest blessing this guy received on this day it's a loaded question isn't it what was the greatest blessing he received on this day it didn't happen up in the front of the chapter So he went and washed and came back, seeing is not the climax of chapter 9. you got to go on a little bit, Renee, to to what you alluded to. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? If you remember through the previous eight chapters, Jesus isn't always so blunt not in this gospel, but another gospel, people will say to him, what do I need to do to have eternal life? Jesus botched that one, right? We'll believe it now. He says, why do you call me a good teacher? Come on, Jesus, he asked you. He's pretty direct with this guy. And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And after probably just a few minutes of marveling in the physical sight he had restored to him, that man moved that off to the side because all of a sudden he had spiritual sight. And physical pales in comparison to spiritual. For a few years on this side of eternity he would get to see, and that's awesome and praise God for it. But he would praise God far more so because he recognized who Jesus Christ was. Now, in our lives, we may live with ailments and maladies and disappointments and letdowns and want to ask God why. Last week, we fixed that. No one here has ever asked a why question since last Sunday, right? You have if you woke up in the morning, I'm sure. The greatest blessing we can receive is to have God open our eyes spiritually. And the more fully we recognize that, the more impossible it will be for us to not go out into the crazy world and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, realizing that we can't open anyone's eyes because that takes a miracle. But we got the miracle worker calling us to do it. Our job isn't to go out and make people believe in Jesus. Our job is to go out and see who God is going to bring to believe in Jesus, in part through us proclaiming the good news. Now that sounds crazy, doesn't it? People might laugh at you, make fun of you, make you outcast, not want to relate with you, not give you jobs, might fire you from jobs, might do a whole slew of things that will go bad for you. They might. But when a blind man has mud in his face and is told to go for a haul through Jerusalem to the Pool of Siloam, he just went. He didn't come back complaining, he didn't come back disappointed, he came back seeing. When we go out into the world to every tribe, tongue, and nation, you can do it in every every street, avenue, and lane. How about that in Chester County? And we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ through word and action that we live such good lives among the crazy folks, that they may see our good deeds and glorify God in the day of Christ Jesus. As we do that, maybe not today, maybe not next week or month or year, maybe three or four decades from now we're gonna see God do some crazy stuff and we're gonna realize that what's crazy is doing anything other than what God calls us to because as we do it we will see blessings beyond measure this week take Jeremiah 29 11 read it you probably end up memorizing it if you read it one or two times each day trust him on it Jesus didn't spit in a guy's face because he was cruel he didn't tell him to go to Salome because he and the disciples were gonna walk behind him laughing oh man look at him now those people are cracking up at him no he did it because he loved him, but he loved him enough to invite him to receive his sight. He didn't force him to it. He invited us to receive our spiritual sight, and as Christians we accepted that invitation. And as Christians, he invites us to live life abundantly. He invites us to live life abundantly. He knows the plans he has for us, but he calls us to obedience. So the choice is this. When you see a crazy plan, you've got to make a crazy choice. And if you make the right crazy choice of obedience, you'll receive crazy blessings. And when you think about this sermon in heaven, you realize the only crazy thing going on here today is me sitting up front talking to you. Let's pray. Father, I, just, I thank you uh, that you would allow a, a crazy, messed up person like me uh, to have the awesome responsibility and privilege to try to uh, trust in you to proclaim your word, to use your word to equip. And God, I just pray that whatever was from you today would be planted deeply and whatever was just uh, active mind, garbly guck from me would be quickly forgotten. God, I pray that you would, you would help us realize uh, that those who follow you are not crazy people. We are people who truly see. I pray you would help us use both our physical and spiritual eyes to know and serve you well. I pray you would encourage us along the way and help us know how much you love us and how much you want to and will bless us and what it means to have life abundantly and use us to proclaim that truth in the world. God, it's not easy. Kermit said it's not easy being green. Well, you know it's not easy being a Christian. But we have a power that lives within us, that parted the seas, that created all things, that sustains all things. And you call us to nothing that we cannot accomplish as we trust and depend on you so God I pray this day you would convict us of what you're calling us to and that we would step and do it no matter how trivial it might seem to us that we would take that step of trust and little by little as we took those steps you would guide us down a path that brings you glory and that we would be able to realize as you receive the glory we're truly living life and we know what it means to be blessed and joyful God we thank you for the fact that you put mud in our face and invited us to walk and we thank you for the fact that through your strength and power we trusted enough to walk and accept Jesus Christ. And I pray that if anyone here has not done that, that you would reveal your truth to them fully. That you would help them understand the invitation you call them to. The most important choice they ever have to make. And for those of us who have made that choice, I pray you would empower us and guide us through the choices we make daily. I pray we would choose you. I pray that each day we would give our yes to you. That we would seek to bring you the glory and fulfill our calling as servants of the Most High God. And in so doing, be amazed by how much you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.